Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. They could be dancing all the way to the second round. This was They were left for dead after the first two games of the series. I, I love Nothing it, was going on. I, I, you love it, Key? I love the fact that CP3 can get right back at a team. 35 years old. That treated him. Right. Basically, you know, kind of like kicked him out the door, didn't communicate with him right when they traded him. I like that. I like watching players get back at their old squads and making them feel the pain. And CP3 is a point god, not a point guard. A point God. He has he is leading men through fire tornadoes on multiple fronts. Think about it. You've had boycott, you've had social justice, the president of the NBA PA staying up late with LeBron James into the wee hours of the morning on the phone with Barack Obama, coming out with actionable mm-hmm. items. Also, still while performing on the court, 28 points last night, zero turnovers against the team that you know did a poor job of even communicating how he was traded. He found out on social media. Mm. Think about that weight that he has to carry to perform at that level last night, now taking this team to a Game 7. Tremendous. And in NBA circles, there's all this like undertone, kind of like under the rug type hate for CP3 yeah. at times they, when they started the bubble. Remember they put out the the the, uh, the snitching line. The first thing they were talking about, well, CP3 is going to be the one. You know, so I like seeing him just cook people. And how about this, Key, too? He is right now the second highest paid player in the NBA, making $38 million per year. Now, next year he gets $41 million. The, second, the third year he gets forty four. Wow. But that was the big – it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money at that age. But seeing the way that he played last night, seeing what he's done for OKC to get them into the playoffs with that with Dennis Schroeder and Shea Gilgis Alexander, I don't hear people complaining about how much he's being paid right now. I hear people actually applauding him for the way he's playing. And he's one of those guys that you really want to see get a championship, even though I don't think it's going to happen at OKC. But you really want to, like his career, like, man, I hope he get a ring. I hope he wind up. On the Lakers and get a ring because it's not going to wind up in OKC. That's not going to happen. Look at you trying to talk that into existence. Look well, at we've you been trying, man. We've been trying for about seven years now. Maybe a little bit longer than that, right? About what has it been about eight years since the trade was? Yeah, vetoed about Stern. eight nine years. Yeah. No doubt. That really changed a lot of things when Commissioner Stern, like you said, nixed that trade. That could have changed a ton of stuff for both franchises. Game seven Wednesday evening, nine Eastern on ESPN with Kawhi and PG waiting for the winner. No more reason to wait. Let's go from A to Z with Jim Beheim on the way in two minutes. Back-to-back game sevens. Hey! To get you caught up on some of the other things happening in the world of sports before the legendary Syracuse basketball coach joins us to talk all things John Thompson. And we will begin where else? With tennis, it's day two of the U.S. Open, not too far from where the three of us are sitting. They're out in Queens. Coco Goff is out. Best American story in our major. Done. Anastasia Sevastova knocked out the 16-year-old American in three sets, 6-3-5-7-6-4. It's Goff's earliest exit from a Grand Slam. Obviously, she hasn't played it a ton here at 16, but as you know, she's kind of become the darling in the big-time story when she tends to advance, but this is just her fourth Grand Slam. Kind of eerie if you're watching us on ESPN News, which, 20,000-seat stadium. (laughs) Nobody there. Strange. Sports in 2020. It's time for the progressive MLB snapshot. The Padres acquired pitcher Mike Clevenger in a blockbuster deal with the Cleveland Indians. Clevenger represents the frontline starting pitcher long coveted by the Padres, who have won seven of their past ten. Five games behind the first-place Dodgers key in the National League West. Progressive MLB snapshot. 
presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. They're going to make the playoffs. They, they, they spent big money on Machado a year ago, and everybody felt like that that was a bad move because they wasn't ready to do anything. They go out, they get a big-time pitcher in a trade, but they also know that they have a chance to really make the playoffs. So they're a team in L.A. Uh, they're, they're in California. Southern California. If, if, if they win a World Series, are you happy with that? It's cool for California. I'm like, I'm straight. Are you happy with that as a Dodgers fan? You're okay with that? No, but I'm not worried about them beating us. I'm, that's the least of my worries. But you cheer for every team in California pretty much, right? Yes. Once, so even once, UCLA? Once. You cheer for UCLA too? No. That oh, is oh, a no. Oh, oh so no. they're the only team that if they win something, yes. you're not going to root for them. At all. I, they need to fall right on their face in every sport. Wow. Spoken like a true Trojan. And by the way, one more Southern California team, the Chargers. Safety, Derwin James, superstar potential. Man, needs surgery Man. in his right knee. It's going to keep him out six to eight months, essentially would rule him out for this season. He was injured during Sunday's practice, later received a second opinion. Probably would have been considered a worst-case scenario. You might remember he didn't play last year till week 13. He had a Jones fracture. He is super talented key, but he's just had the injury bug bite him a couple times. He, huge blow to that defense, which was emerging. I thought that Derwin James was one of the young, bright stars in the NFL when he's healthy and on the field. I mean, a safety position as a rookie, he came in and lit it up and – you just feel bad for him. You you feel bad for a guy in these situations. It's just like, man, who needs training camp? You know, it's like, just let him play football. Rayshon Jenkins has a huge shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, there is no team more snake bit with injuries or terrible losses than the Chargers. I mean, they have just dominated and copyrighted heartbreak for sure. That's A to Z. So we're going to have Jim Beheim join us here in just a couple of minutes, and I'm going to... Ha- take you down memory lane. There's been so many remembrances of John Thompson, but I'm going to ask Coach Beheim about a legendary showdown he had with John Thompson in 1980. If you're too young, it's a great story. One of the greatest games ever played between Syracuse and Georgetown. We'll talk to Coach Beheim in just a minute on that. So the bottom line here, guys, is here we go. I want to talk Jazz Nuggets real quick. You kind of talked about the Thunder. Jazz Nuggets tonight, 830 Eastern on ABC with Murray playing out of his mind. Key, you mentioned it, averaging 47 over his last few games. The Nuggets have never made the NBA Finals. We talked about the Clippers never making the Finals. Of course, the Jazz have. This is a big spot here for Denver, a big opportunity to get to the conference semis. It it is a big opportunity, but to get to the Finals, I mean, you know, you look at the situation, they're going to have to run up against the Clippers or the Lakers in these situations. So it's like, They'll go against the Clippers. I'm right, the Clippers. Go against the Clippers. Yeah, yep. I already got in my mind Lakers, Lakers and Clippers, Clippers final. I don't know why, but I think when you when you look at it, it's big. And you know Donovan Mitchell on the other side, but Murray has been kind of in a zone here, oh. and he's kind of taken over to a degree. And that's what you want to see. You want to see young players emerge and take over. Uh, when you talk about other teams, when you talk about a young guy like Giannis, you want to see him become the Murray effect where I just dominate and take over in at any cost. And that's not happening for Milwaukee, but look, it's a game seven and it's going to be must see television. And I think it'll be one of those deals where you're probably going to see another 47 dropped. Um, One of the things that they've got to be able to do is they've got to be able to try to stop him from penetrating and just doing what he wants to do force him to shoot outside, force him to shoot outside, even though he's making it, Force him to do it because you're allowing Murray to get to the cup way too often. Now, it, yeah, go I ahead. was going to say it comes down to ultimately, look, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, uh, obviously this team not having bogey really hurts him. Bogdanovich, who's a big-time player who's been out throughout the playoffs. But it comes down to how they defend. When you look at what Denver shot from the field 
Last game, they shot over 50% from the field mm. and from the three-point line. Right? Over Indeed. 50% wow. in game six. So them being down three, like, you have to defend and ultimately have to find some way to get the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands. I know that is easier said than done. It's easier for me to be up here on radio and say get the ball out of his hands. Right. But, you know, Jack alluded to it. Mark Jackson, who's our NBA, NBA analyst, alluded to it. The big guarding the guard, right? So as a guard, if Keyshawn would guard me, Keyshawn would never actually be able to guard me in a game because I'm going to utilize my big and pick and roll every single time. Mm-hmm. So now he's going to be on my back. He's going to be on my shoulder. I'm, I'm going to fight up. through it. but all right. You can try to fight through it, but if I go shoulder to shoulder, you're out of the play. There's nothing you can do. The big guarding the big that's on my team setting the screen for me is the guy ultimately who has to guard me. If he's sitting five feet back when I come off, you're done. Like Shaq used to do this all the time. Every time we played the Lakers, hey, ball screen every time because Shaq would play middleman's land, sit in the paint. I would be able to come off. I can shoot a jump shot. I can shoot a floater. I can, you know, kind of nudge you, come back. And the big needs to come up and double-team Jamal Murray and get the ball out of his hands. That's what Rudy Gobert needs to do. Is it a little strange that – I love Key's point. Is it a little strange that Murray got there before Giannis, at least in this postseason? What do you mean? Got where? The idea that he has been able to ascend, become, become, become like the, the guy. The Bucks were three and five in the bubble. Giannis openly said, "We weren't playing great. I know we were going to clinch the one seed, but he openly was very concerned about the way the team was playing." Just the idea that Murray seems to have sort of gotten to that point before Giannis in this postseason. I don't know what point that really is. I mean, Giannis is about to be back to back MVP postseason, you know, though. Like postseason, like, but like, but so everybody's still in the first round. Right, I mean, Giannis is in the next round. This is still, they're still trying to wait to get the Clippers, right? Right. Game so Giannis, seven. Giannis is already. Even I, I hear what you're saying as it relates to like dropping, you the know, three forty point games. Right. But Giannis is also, I mean, he's had triple. I mean, he's had big time, big time oh, yeah. numbers. Not taking guys. anything away from him. No, I think what Z is saying though is like taking the next step in the postseason of dominance. Right. That's what you mean. Like no, like all of a sudden that you're putting the team on your back. In the last couple postseason appearances, it doesn't seem like to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, it doesn't seem like to me that Giannis has really like kind of grabbed a bull by the horns in his last several postseason appearances. I just want us to pump the brakes a little bit, okay? Um, I still don't think you can p- compare Jamal Murray to Giannis. Oh, and no, no, I, no. I, no I'm not, not I'm, I'm even saying right now. Just, they're still in the first round, guys. I mean, just at the moment. Okay, I'm so talking about that moment. All right, so I mean, look, I. I let them get past the Utah Jazz and let him continue to do this against the Clippers. He does that. Then I might be starting to be willing to say, okay, he's owned the moment more. But this is the first time we're seeing him play at a high level. I've seen what Giannis has done at the high level. He hasn't been successful, but he's also been past the first round. Does that make sense? No, it, it, it does. But I also understand what Z is saying. Z is just saying that in these moments, like his coach said the other day, he put him in the, the same class as Curry and, and LeBron about the moment. It doesn't seem like Giannis is taking the next step in moments that they needed it most. Does that make sense? Kind of. In the postseason. Yeah, but this is like Jamal's first time exploding on the postseason scene. So I hear what you're saying in the moment, but I'm also not going to be a prisoner of the moment for that. Like there has well, to I hope be he's a not little in bit prison. Then you won't be on the show. <laughs> exactly. But go ahead. I feel like there has to be a little bit more sustainability 
of that moment for me to start putting him in that conversation that he's owning it more than Giannis. Help me understand the pressure. The Bucks have not won the NBA championship since 1971. They yeah, we're not, not even, talking about Jamal Murray and the Denver even, Nuggets winning a championship, right, right? Which they never have. The Bucks haven't even been to the finals since 74. But as you say, likely to be a two-time MVP, back-to-back. He won the Defensive Player of the Year award already. When you haven't been there in decades and you're expected to get there, you're the overall favorite to get there, What's the pressure like in that sort of situation, knowing at least getting to the NBA Finals, at least getting out of the East, is almost now, due to his dominance, expected? So I, I can relate to this a little bit. Obviously not at the NBA level. I didn't play long enough. But you know, my junior year, I returned back to college after we won a Shooting national championship. Yeah, after we, we won a championship my sophomore year. Coming back, the expectation was win it or go home. That was a lot of pressure each and every possession because – People start finding little things wrong with your game. Yeah. Or they start telling you why you won't win it. Whereas when you're the underdog, nobody really – you become like the people's champ, right? Like Jamal Murray right now is the people's champ. If they lose to the Clippers, they're – okay, great. Yeah, what a, what oh, an incredible yeah, run. Yeah, House yeah, money. Yeah, right? But if Giannis loses to the Milwaukee Bucks, oh, Giannis is going to leave Milwaukee. We're not having conversations about Jamal Murray leaving Denver if they lose to the Clippers. You kind of expect that. So I, it's – it's unfair. It's the reality we live in as a guy's going to be back-to-back MVP. I mean, look look what I was even talking about. Fans are getting mad at you because you're talking about 1A and 1B, even if that's <laughs> an inch off because you're not talking about Giannis having a yeah, complete Yeah, what do you set. know? You've never played basketball you don't know about what you're talking about. You're gonna, yeah, he's still a franchise guy, but you're talking about the skill sets, right? That, that, that slight inch of not being in that Kevin Durant, that LeBron James conversation as it relates to the postseason – that's that's the stratosphere that Giannis is in right now. We're not doing that to Jamal. Murray. Yeah, expectations are. I don't had him as a player in football. Whether it was coming out of the '98 season and, and with the Jets and in playing Denver in the AFC Championship game and coming back to running in '99 and it didn't happen for us, or whether it was going to the Tampa Bay Bucks and for three straight years, or we felt you know we were right there and it picked in Vegas to win it all and just couldn't get over the hump until. Finally, we got over the hump, but it was like every single time it was pressure. Being the number one pick overall, it was like stress. It's like, dude, I can't throw to myself. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm not calling the plays. Ah, you aren't good. I remember playing in the Jets game. We walking through the Meadowlands and saw the fans. They had a brown paper bag on it. The dude took the paper bag. He was telling everybody they suck. And not. He took it off and said, you too. Oh, man, it's just... The fun, some of the funniest stuff ever with that type of pressure. Zubin, it's win or nothing. That's what it is for Giannis right now. It's a zero-sum it, game. It's win him. or nothing. Even if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals and they lose, what are we going to be talking about? Well, oh, two years again. in a row, short again. I'm telling you, that's a, even if they get to the NBA Finals and lose. What well, if they what? go down 2-0? <sighs> I mean, that, 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 then, I mean, the narrative becomes something drastically different. Then you start talking about Chris Middleton. How is he doing? Whereas his team are the right pieces. You guys know how you, this works, man. And he gives you 21 points instead of 18. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just asking. What, what happens? Because you cover, you got NBA countdown, and you have to go on NBA countdown and discuss the 21 points after the 18. Ultimately, it comes down to, well, you can say Chris Middleton is the second guy, but it's going to come down to how dominant Giannis is, mm. how dominant he is. So if he's having 18 points, 21 points, those are still – Incredible numbers, but they're not. He's not averaging forty-seven. And what if over he, the past three games? And what if he's not guarding uh, Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler in the end, then defensive what? player of the year. I was kind of, I was really shocked that he didn't come out and say, "No, I'll guard him tomorrow." I was shocked that he became a little bit passive and defensive in that in that post that presser 
when a reporter asked him, how come you didn't guard Jimmy Butler? And his answer was, well, I do what the coach tells me to do. But well, that's his that's his personality, though, right? He's not, but it kind of isn't, though. Is, is he, like, an aggressive? Every time I've seen him speak, it's kind of like he's falling in line. Like, he's the type of guy that, you know, he's going to say all the right things and not buck the system. But he's also the guy that says he doesn't want to work out with other players. He doesn't need to do that. He can work out by himself. He's okay. But that's like, he's not, owned that. But, but that's not – bucking the system bucking the system is when you ask somebody about free agency and they say i want to be in milwaukee for the rest of my career that's playing that's like i'm just gonna play the corporate game and i'm gonna say all the right things and when the reporter asked him about guarding jimmy butler he said the script he went to page 110 and said this is what i'm gonna say i'm gonna do what the coach says it's unfair but i still think we're watching a very young Giannis who is still finding out who Giannis is becoming Fair enough. He's only 25 years old, and he was the 15th overall pick in his draft. So the fact that he's become the best player in basketball when you're picked 15th in any specific NBA draft does say something. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests, including James Blake, the tennis star, who will join us at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Join us on the Shell Pennzoil. Zubin, can I just say something very quickly? He's the MVP, regular season MVP. I'm not willing to say he's the best player in basketball, though. LeBron, though, right? That's LeBron James, yeah, man. Right. The most complete skill set there is in the game. I would agree. It's sort of like the MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year in football. Those can be two different people. So you said it, Chris Middleton. Is he a legit second star to Giannis? We'll find out. The Lakers obviously have two stars in LeBron and Anthony Davis, so they're a little ahead of Milwaukee in that regard. But Stephen A. Smith on first take yesterday saying, two isn't enough. The Lakers need a trio if they want that 17th NBA title. Anthony Davis and LeBron James will show up. They will do their thing. That won't be enough for the Lakers to win the chip, though. They'll have to get somebody a third reliable weapon. And the operative word is reliable. Somebody that is so bona fide and relatively consistent to the point where you get to take some of the load off of LeBron and Anthony Davis because teams are going to have to pay attention to them as well. I mean, I think he, there's only one guy that could be, right? Kyle Kuzma. That, that's the only guy I can think of. We've no? been waiting for that for a minute, though, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's that's something that we kind of been waiting on for Kuz to kind of just not give us them them bright moments here and there, but when, when guys are out of the lineup, when they're not playing at all, and he becomes essentially the one or the two. Mm-hmm. Um, He's had some bright spots. No, in, I'm saying, but, but we, need more, we need more consistency out of him you know, even when they're not on the floor and when he's on the floor with them, he's got to be the third guy. Do I think he could do it? I think so to to some degree, you know, to some degree. He, 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 playing with the second unit for him, you you want him to be the guy in the second unit, not one of the guys, so to speak, right? And, and so if, if Stephen A is correct, then he's the, he's the one guy. And then obviously – Danny Green needs to hit his shots, and, and he can fill it up from that standpoint. I don't know about Rondo, uh, but Rondo certainly can give us some defense and some floor general stuff to take the ball out of LeBron's hand. That way he's the guy who could facilitate some a little bit there. Um, but I think when you got two of the top five players on your team in the NBA, it's hard-pressed for me to feel like you can't get it done. If, you, if they got to play 40 minutes apiece, so damn what? Mm-hmm. Tongues on the ground. Let's go. I think it just it comes down to look. You and I both think key that it's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Fair? I do. Okay, I, I do as well. So if With that's the Lakers going to, winning, if that's point. going to be the case, 
Think about the volume of guys that the Clippers can throw at players, mm-hmm. especially LeBron James. AD may do his thing because they may not have a matchup for that, mm-hmm. that Zubac or if that's Montrez Harrell. But they'll be able to throw a lot of wings at LeBron James, Kawhi, PG. They'll try to switch it up with Patrick Beverly. They'll give him different looks, right? Marcus Morris, Senior, Reggie Jackson. They'll throw a lot of guys at him. Four or five guys. So you, you will need somebody to step up. If that's Contavious Colwell-Pope, if that's Kyle Kuzma. Let's look at what Kyle Kuzma has done over the last five games. Yeah. So last game when they beat Portland, he was 3 of 12 for eight points. The one game he had 18 points was the last game before that when they beat Portland, 125, 135 to 115. The game before that, seven points, two of six. The game before that, two of six or seven points. Like, it's just, it's very volatile. And you're waiting for him. I, I don't know who that player is going to be. And they may, it may not be one player. They may have to do it by committee. Danny Green needs to step up. Contavious Caldwell Pope needs to step up. But having AD and LeBron James, I think they'll be okay. Well, that's what I was saying about Kuz and the consistency. I mean, Jay just ran off the numbers, right? I mean, you got to be a little more consistent, but we've been waiting for this. In all of the the trades for AD, all of the players, we saved him because we felt like he can be the third guy. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of, I mean, he's not disappointing, but he's not at the level I think that they hoped he would be at where they felt very, very comfortable with just saying, oh, yeah, he's the third guy. The problem is you wish that his level was higher earlier so you could have used him for a trade to get AD, and then you would have kept Brandon Ingram. Now, I'm not saying Brandon Ingram would have exploded this year, obviously playing underneath the pressure of LeBron James and winning a championship, but ultimately the skill set and how he plays, imagine if that could have fit in with LeBron and AD. But they asked for Kuz in the trade too, so the Lakers weren't going to give him everything. Right. I mean, you, they you can't, can't, can't – well, we could have if they – we could have just – you know, I'm sure if it would have pushed, come to shove and it, it was one of those deals, I'm sure they'd have just said, here, make you have that too, but they got the deal done without giving up Kuz, which in, in the end we won in the trade as far as I'm concerned. Um, because we got you know a lifetime, a once in a lifetime generational type player in yeah. AD. You get the best player in any trade. You generally can say you have won the trade. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. 
Let's head to the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line and team up with our new teammate, ESPN tennis analyst James Blake. You might remember him, former successful American player. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. I was just watching SportsCenter in the commercial break. Looked like Serena was warming up, ready to go. She's going to be playing today, a day after Coco Golf was knocked out. We're going to get to all the tennis conversation here in just a second. But James, I want to start with obviously something with regard to social justice, which is obviously a huge issue right now, no matter what corner of the country you live in. And for those sports fans that may not remember, you were involved in an incident with a police officer five years ago. What can you tell us about that? Take us down memory lane and sort of remind people what happened that day. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Um, five years ago, I was, it was during the U.S. Open. I was, uh, I'd already retired. I was two years out, so I was ready to come do some corporate appearances at the Open. I was just standing outside my hotel, and I think about it often, probably too often, but I think about how lucky I was. I was standing there um, looking at a guy running at me, and uh, he didn't say officer, didn't have a badge, he was uh, plain clothes. And thank goodness it was during the U.S. Open. I'm who I am, and I thought it was someone running as a fan, someone coming at me to be nice. And um, he runs at me, and in a split second, he's slammed me into the wall and thrown me on the ground, and his knee is in my back. So, um, And thankfully, the, then, I mean, I think about, again, how lucky I was that no one else was with me, uh, what would have happened then, because he never said that he was an officer. And um, But my first thought is in the conversation I had with my dad, and I said, I'm complying 100%, whatever you say. I told him to put my hands behind my back, and they um, had me in cuffs for about 10 or 15 minutes, uh, claiming they were looking for someone that was uh, operating some sort of credit card fraud out of the hotel that I was staying at. Um, I tried to plead with them. I'm headed to the U.S. Open. I've got my badge in my back pocket. We can go up to my hotel room with the – I can show you my um, uh, my plane ticket. I just arrived this morning. I, I wasn't involved in anything. I haven't been doing it, but – they didn't want to listen until one of the officers finally realized he must have Googled or found a picture or something, but um, they let me go, but no apology, no nothing. And just, you know, be on your way kind of thing. And um, luckily for me, um, I was able to um, find out who the officers were. I didn't, at the time I found out who the officers were and, and did my best to, to provide accountability, but um, I wasn't exactly satisfied. We, uh, we ended up getting fellowship out of it, which was great. Instead of me suing the city, uh, we started the James Blake Fellowship to help other people in those kind of situations to get um, get accountability. The police officer, even though he had four priors um, of excessive force, including breaking a jaw, uh, a man's jaw, all African-American, still only lost five vacation days after two years of me fighting for, for him to be fired. James, Jay Williams here. Welcome to the ESPN family, brother. I, I wanted to ask you, I saw you on TV the other day. My dad and I are avid tennis fans, watched your whole career and uh, you made a profound statement when you were describing the tennis culture. You said, you know, when I'm in the locker room, I'm one of, I'm, I'm one of them, right? Uh, but yeah. when you're outside the yeah. locker room, that changes. Uh, how yeah. ultimately does that – where does that leave you with your perception of what the tennis community is and, and how it can change in order to, to help? Well, I think it's – right now I'm extremely encouraged by how much it can, it can change. Seeing Naomi Osaka walk out with the Breonna Taylor mask last night, uh, knowing what she's done and putting the pressure on. I, I was so proud of what she did. You know, the Bucks, in my opinion, the Bucks started the domino effect in the NBA and in many other sports. Uh, Naomi Osaka took that to an international level on tennis where she, sat, she uh, said she was going to sit out and it forced the hand of the ATP, WTA, USTA, all of them to make a decision. And uh, the uh, leader of the U.S. Open, Stacey Alter, said it was one of the few times that all of them were unanimous. 
the Grand Slam committee, all of them said within 20 minutes they decided this is the right thing to do. So she's putting the pressure on them to make the right decision, and I'm really proud of that. And the, the next step is the actual action because, you know, she's bringing awareness to it. Um, I said it the other day, if, if you're not aware that there's two Americas, that there's a difference in education, difference in policing, difference in financing, difference in, in so many aspects of the, the world for black and white America, then you're just not paying attention or you're willfully ignorant. The next step is the account is, is actually getting the, the action and the NBA doing that with getting polling stations for all the uh, NBA arenas. Next up for the ATP, WTA tour and the Grand Slams is to figure out what they can do to make a difference. And I'm proud of Naomi for, for uh, making that happen. James, how do you, I know you have a close relationship with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks organization. Yeah. How do you think they handled the boycott last week? Well, I, I think I was, I was really proud. Um, I think they did a great job. My connection with them is with Mark Lazary, who's uh, the owner and, and um, you know, couldn't be a nicer guy. Couldn't be more supportive of um, social justice initiatives. Um, so I know that it, it had to make a difference. I know the, the players are strong-willed and uh, they were making a stand, but I think it has to make a difference in the back of their mind that they know their owner has their back. Um, so I was proud of them. And it also brought up the fact that my daughter, I have, I have an eight and a six-year-old. My, my eight-year-old is a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan. She's insane about watching the games. And she was at online school and she had me taping the game, the game that was supposed to take place when they sat out. And she comes uh, out of it and she's like, what happened? How come they're not playing? Or what's going on? Did you take it? And it started the conversation. I had to talk to her about Jacob Blake and about why they're making the decision and about these things. And I think that's positive. Like I said, you know, awareness is the start and then the action that they took to actually make a difference. I mean, I'm again, so proud of the fact that they decided we have demands for before we come back because they know that's where they can have the leverage is if they, if the players continue to sit out, then they have the leverage. Then it's going to hurt the owners in their pocketbook. Then it's going to hurt the league. Then it's going to hurt, you know, the people that can really make a difference um, with their money, with their voices. So I think they, they use their power in the right way. And I'm really, really proud to be associated in the, the, the smallest of, of ways with the Milwaukee Bucks. James, how surprised were you to see young star Coco Golf bounced in the first round of this year's U.S. Open, considering that she is one of the young, bright stars up and coming? Yeah, I was a little surprised, but she had a tough match with uh, Sevastova, who's a, a wily veteran. She's had uh, great success at the Open before. Um, Coco Golf, there's so such high expectations on her. Uh, people may may forget, especially since she's so poised, that she's 16 years old. So for her to uh, have one match where she maybe could have won, um, and I truly believe that there were fans at this event, she would have won that. She would have won that match because Sevastova was getting a little tight towards the end. If she had 20,000 fans, uh, American fans, screaming for Coco Golf, I think she might have gotten a little tighter, and Coco Golf feeds off that energy. Um, but she's 16. She's got a lot of time left to, uh, to have plenty of great deep runs at the U.S. Open and hopefully win some titles. She's just a tremendous athlete and a, a tremendous person. I couldn't imagine. I know how you guys were at 16. I know, Jay Will, I know you were pretty, uh, pretty poised, but um, I know I couldn't have handled the pressure she's handling at 16 and doing it with such grace and such class and um, I'm really impressed with her as a human being. So we'll see what ends up happening to one of the young American stars moving forward, Coco Goff. This is just her fourth Grand Slam event. From the young one to one of the elder statesmen of the game, Serena looking for that 24th Grand Slam. She's warming up. I was watching SportsCenter. She's ready to go. So is James and our team. Every single point of the U.S. Open is streaming or on ESPN television. I know we didn't have Wimbledon this year, 
But definitely, definitely great to have the U.S. Open back and underway on ESPN. It's day two. James, thank you so much. James, let me know if you're going to be thank in Westport, guys. man. Get some hits in. I'm going to be there next, uh, right after the Open. You there? I, I'm, I'm there. That's home, man. I'll see you there. I'll see you there, man. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Hey, did I see Zoom wearing a do-rag? <laughs> yes. That's why he lost a bet to me, so he had to wear a red this do-rag is, today. This is tight. Literally anything. Zoom. My, my street cred right now is off the charts. And then eventually you'll probably get waves in parts where you have hair. Okay. okay? So we're and on the air four hours. Do I keep this on the whole time? Yeah, you're going to have to have it on the whole time. Okay, that's cool. Nice yeah. and tight. You'll never lose another bet. <laughs> that's because I'll never be making another bet if this is what it is. So I didn't do it for four hours. Jay, here we are. Three hours, 47 minutes in. We're on ESPN News right now, which means this is going to live in TV eternity, much to my utter chagrin. But here we are. Um, so what happens now? I'm not going to have the opportunity to sleep with it tonight. We've come on, Key, you know that's hours. cookout music right there. No, Should no, I I, I'm, I'm just I'm listening to Z. No, of course okay. it's cookout music, man. It's cookout music right there, Zubin. <laughs> All right, so we've okay. neared the end of the show. You want me to take it off? Do you know how to take it off? Of course not. You don't know how to take it off? Not at all. Okay, no, hold just on. Just go around to the uh, I, that's, I know. Hold on. All right, here we go. Right. Television and, goals. And, and you don't have Murray's Grease. What, See, what you, is Mur- Mur- Murray's yeah, grease is for the finger okay, waves, okay, man. Okay, and ahead. you got to lay it down a certain okay, way. Okay. And and uh, okay. now let me see. So if you slept with it, okay. it's laying down now. Where's where's my Ooh, ISO it's laying down. What if he? Where's my camera? Where's my camera? Oh, come on in. Zubin, Zubin, come on in. You need. Uh, you almost got a little finger. If you slept with that thing, you might get finger waves. Man, yeah. You no, what it. is that? Here I just showed on. you the picture of the finger waves. Showed you the finger waves. <laughs> yeah, the finger waves. Uh, those curls look nice, boy. What are, look- we, what are we subjecting Key to? I Nothing. can't be the only guy, right? Oh, don't worry. I got that. That's <laughs> coming Friday. I'm good. But That's you're not coming. here Friday. I'm he's here, he's I'm here, here on here. Friday. Oh, okay. right. I you're trying it was to get a out. joke. It was a joke. I'm here. <laughs> 
Hey, do you really? Think no, 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 no. So you, you can't. Okay, you, you can't run your fingers okay. through it now. It's laid down. Let gotcha. it lay it down. Like the hair gel, and I just want to make sure. Oh, hair gel. <laughs> By the way, this is not a lie. At ten fifteen, we have to go on with a bunch of important clients. So I'm glad we did it today. So <laughs> hey, it happens. You no, know, they, they, they would they would embrace it if you had the finger wave on on the Zoom call. Just say it's for the culture. That's all you gotta say. It's your clause for the yeah, culture. That's that's what it is. It's Honestly, big. how do I look? You look fine. Do I? You look great. You look great. Okay. You look great. It's great. All right. Great sheen. <laughs> I don't know if you. I don't know if you. I don't know if you showed that to pops. He would be too happy with you. But. <laughs> Wait, what what, what is got? happening to yeah, you? You over there with them? As you, <laughs> as you said. <laughs> Two black guys. <laughs> <laughs> what have they got you into? <laughs> what is that? No, just teasing you, man. No, it's all good. No, it's a lot of fun. It's thank a lot you of for fun. being. Thank you for yeah. participating. I mean, that's in the what bet. we're going to be all the way through this thing. We're just having fun. We're laughing. We're joking. We're talking sports. When we have to talk beyond sports, I think we've shown the ability to do that as well. So a little bit of everything every Monday through. Friday morning. I want to get to one more NFL topic because, you know, us three love the NFL as much as the listeners do. Mike Tannenbaum, who Key knows from his days in the NFL with the Jets front office insider for us now, was on Get Up yesterday. And he said, look, if the Jags want to get up off the mat after the struggles they've had since 2017, since making an appearance in the AFC title game, losing to New England, they could possibly, if things don't work out this year with head coach Doug Marone, have an incredible backup plan that involves two of the biggest names in college football. Check this out. Coach Marone sort of addressed it, which is, let's see how the season goes. And if they play well, it's a moot point. But on paper, with all the players they've lost, they could have the first pick in the draft. And if they do, unfortunately for Coach Marone, he probably won't be there. And then again, it's a package deal. If you're Dabo Sweeney and you have any thoughts about ever going to the NFL, this is the perfect situation. It's right down the road and you're going with a franchise quarterback. So obviously a lot has to happen, but I think it becomes very realistic if Jacksonville does indeed have the first pick overall, which on paper they may, especially after the last 48 hours losing Ngakwe and Fournette. Mm. Ngakwe to the Vikings via trade Fournette released for what it's worth key last year they said the Dolphins would get the first pick they didn't they got the fifth pick and they got the guy they exactly mm. wanted anyways it wasn't a huge deal what do you think of this Dabo Trevor possibly teaming up in the NFL it, it, I guess if that's what you want in terms of a marriage look at Cliff Kingsbury and Murray uh, kind of teaming up even though he didn't coach him he right. recruited him and he kind of relation he had a relationship with him the one thing that I would say though it's a different ball game college to the pros. And not just from X and O standpoint, but getting a staff, putting your staff together, getting coaches that understand the professional game. Because a lot of these assistant coaches are under contracts. You can't tamper with them. All of those sort of things. And bringing a college coach into the pro game with the rah-rah mentality, sometimes that doesn't go so well. And you got to look at it's a copycat league. Now, if Matt Rule goes and he wins nine games and they're on the brink of the playoffs and he looks great in Carolina, people will start to say, and Cliff Kingsbury has a decent season, people will start to say, huh, and they will start to push in that direction. I, If I'm Dabo Sweeney, I'm not leaving South Carolina. There's no need to go to the pros. For what? I got it all good here. You know, I could do whatever I want to do. I'm essentially the mayor of the town, the governor of the state. I could do whatever. I want to do and I'm making nine and a half million dollars well here's the thing you control egos you get to the NFL it's harder to control egos because you're talking about grown men who are making a lot of money no potentially 
grown men with full beards yes. with car seats in the back. Mm-hmm. Adults. They don't want to hear any of that shenanigans. And I will say this, though. He, you know, Key said he's making $9.5 million, making $9.3 million a year. So let me tell you who the highest paid coaches are in the NFL. Go for it. Number one, Bill Belichick, $12 million. Number two, Pete Carroll. 11 million. Number three, John Gruden, 10 million. Number four, Sean Payton, 9.8 million. Number five, John Harbaugh, 9 million. So he would be the fifth highest paid coach. He's making NFL top echelon highest paid coach money right now in college where he has complete autonomy. Complete autonomy. He's a GM. He's a president. He's the owner of the team, essentially. And Why leave that? It's different when you have a college quarterback like Kelly Bryant that you didn't like for whatever reasons, and he wind up transferring to Missouri. Missouri. Yep. Got right. Trevor Lawrence enters, you go national championship. doesn't work like that in the NFL. When you don't like a player for whatever reasons, you can't tell him goodbye. It's a salary cap. You know, Owners aren't going to sign off on you getting rid of the face of an organization because he has several bad games. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit different Just talk to Mac when you be able that. to do that. <laughs> Huh? Talk to Matt Nagy. Yeah, it's 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 tough, man. Last word for you, Key. The one difference with Dabo, he loves recruiting. Some of these other dudes, the second they get an NFL head job, it's like, thank goodness I don't have to live at the whim of an 18-year-old. This dude loves to actually recruit. Yeah, it's different. It's a different type of recruiting. In the NFL, we're a little more mature. So you look at us in the eyes and telling us it's all good. We don't believe that till you show us. In college, it's like, okay, cool. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.